Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, tell others about it, spread the word, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for that. I hope y'all are getting a little something out of it and I hope our country is getting a little something out of it. And hopefully it maybe helps your day go a little smoother, at least for a few minutes. Not a lot on the homestead, folks. It is just miserably hot. Uh, And we could desperately use the rain. I think one little thing there. Well, I'll come back to it in just a minute. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for those who have gone before us in our families and across the country that have sacrificed so much to pass liberty and freedom on to the next generation with the hope for many of treasure in heaven, eternal life with you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to realize that this life is just temporary just a briefest glimpse of eternity and that we need to think about it in that regard that we're we're heading into eternity with you and your son jesus christ god my words and if you would lord a little bit of rain, at least in this part of the world. Please. Your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the rain, uh, my father, who raised cattle for decades uh, and still talks to a number of people that mess with cattle and farmers, etc. He mentioned the other day in passing how worried some of the farmers and ranchers are because of the lack of rain, how hard that was. And I really do think we, well, you know we do. There's a disconnect between where we get our food. And I'm not even talking about whether it's morally, ethically sourced or not right now, folks. That's that's a whole other conversation. But just the fact that we depend on farmers and ranchers as a society today. And we really always have, maybe not quite as much in the past because so many more people grew their own food or ranched, you know, at least had a, a little bit there, but, but we don't appreciate it today. We just think it just magically pops up in the grocery store. And we're going to have a real rude awakening. And I think a lot of people across the nation already see it. There's a lot to be said for the increase in groceries, for inflation. But a big part of that is is how much pressure is on 
our agriculture, our farmers and our ranchers, especially our family farms and ranches. There's immense amount of pressure, financially, regulatory. And that's, that's going to have major consequences, folks, and that's our, that's our food source or lack thereof. And before I even get the comments online, folks, if you think that there hasn't been an increase in grocery prices, you either live in a superbly blessed area or you don't do the grocery shopping for your family. Because the prices, when you talk to people, when you go into the store, It's it's impressive how much they've increased just over the last 12 months. So, If your area is lacking rain, you might say a little prayer for rain for your farmers and ranchers. And if you see them every once in a while, you might just tell them thank you. All right, so we're going to go back into John Quincy Adams. I have another podcast that I want to try and sneak in here fairly soon. Uh, we might do one or two more here with John Quincy Adams. Uh, but at any rate, we'll get there. Uh, I want to go back to the July 4th, 1837 speech that we read recently and just reread one part because it's so notable. Uh, we we reread a couple from July fourth, eighteen twenty one, but this is July fourth, eighteen twenty seven. He's addressing the inhabitants of the town of Newburyport, and when you have people, because I, I get hit online about this often, folks, and if you're not online, uh, that's no big deal. I'm, I'm not encouraging you to necessarily by any means. Uh, might be you might run into it face-to-face, and you may be the type A personality that really wants to get involved, you know, get into it with somebody, but you might not be, kind of like me, Uh, but you may be forced to be soon. At any rate, at least know in your heart, when, when people say that our country was not founded on the principles of Christ, barring something that I'm missing here, folks, there's two options, because it's totally false. It's absolutely 100% false. So it's either gross ignorance of history, which is really likely based on our education system for the last several decades even, uh, or it's malevolent intent. They've got another, an ulterior motive, right? And so this is just one more example out of just hundreds and hundreds of examples, folks, that show that we were founded as a Christian nation. He said, President John Quincy Adams, he said, Why is it that next to the birthday of the Savior, the most joyous and venerated festival is the 4th of July? Is it not, in the chain of human events, the birthday of the nation is indissolubly linked with the birthday of the Savior? That the Declaration of Independence first organized the social compact on the foundation of the Redeemer's mission upon earth. And so... I just wanted to read that again, really almost just for the word indissolubly, 
the only way, folks, that we maintain liberty and freedom in America is if we maintain that bond between civil government and the principles of Christ. And we haven't been for almost a century now. And the farther and farther we get away, the less and less freedom and liberty we're going to have and the more tyranny, chaos, violence, and eventually slaughter. Although we're really doing a pretty good job of that already via abortion. But those two were linked. They were linked from the very beginning of our country and even before and after. Again, you hear a lot of people are going to say, well, why wasn't God and Jesus Christ, why weren't they explicitly mentioned in the Constitution if this was a Christian nation? And there's three reasons that pop into my head immediately. One, we're not a theocracy, which the left always tries to say, well, in fact, I had somebody recently online say, because I made the comment that we needed more pastors, more Christian leaders to run for office. Because at our founding, we had a number of them. We did a podcast on it real recently. And they were like, oh, that's the last thing we need. Our country wasn't founded as a theocracy. And they're right. But they're trying to conflate the two issues to make them the same. And they're not. They're not the same at all. We need Christian men running for office because they follow the principles of Christ, not in order so that they can force Americans to follow Christ. And the left, I really feel like they pretend to not get that. But it may be genuine. But at any rate, we need more Christians in office, right? So you go back to the, the Constitution. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. So in the Constitution, they didn't explicitly talk about God and Jesus Christ because that founding generation, they knew it. And they did implicitly talk about God and Jesus Christ. And the Bill of Rights, as Truman and FDR both, I think, talked about, all of our laws, everything about this nation is based on biblical principles, right? And the other reason that we've talked about recently, too, is because most of the state constitutions at that time, almost without exception, had Christianity in them. And the founders felt like they ought to leave that to the states, and it was already there, and they had already handled it. You had a requirement in many state constitutions in order to profess faith in God and Jesus Christ in order to be fit for public service. So, when you hear people say it, you can at least roll your eyes if nothing else. In his diary, made note of church attendance. There is scarcely a Sunday passes that I don't hear something of which appointed application to my own situation and circumstances occurs to my thoughts. It is often consolation, support, encouragement, sometimes warning and admonition, sometimes keen and trying remembrance of deep distress. The lines of the Isaac Watts hymn sung that Sunday are of the cheering kind. A few quotes that talk about his personal convictions and philosophy. The first and almost the only book deserving of universal attention is the Bible. I speak as a man of the world, two men of the world, and I say to you, search the scriptures. The Bible is the book of all others to be read at all ages 
and in all conditions of human life, not to be read once or twice or thrice through and then laid aside, but to be read in small portions of one or two chapters every day, and never to be intermitted, unless by some overruling necessity. In what light soever we regard the Bible, whether with reverence to revelation, to history, or to morality, it is an invaluable and inexhaustible mine of knowledge and virtue. It is no slight testimony, both to the merit and worth of Christianity, that in all ages since its promulgation, the great mass of those who have risen to eminence by their profound wisdom and integrity have recognized and reverenced Jesus of Nazareth as the Son of the living God. And one more posterity. You will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. Those last two quotes in particular, but all of them, I mean, really you run through it. The Bible is pretty much the only one, certainly the first, that's deserving of universal attention. Uh, read the Bible constantly. When we look at the Bible in reverence or in regard to revelation, history, morality, it's invaluable and inexhaustible. Uh, the last couple, though, right? The majority of people that have risen to eminence recognized and reverenced Jesus of Nazareth as the son of the living God. That's something that the left today uh, really doesn't like to acknowledge. When you go back and you look at them, one of the ones that pops to mind immediately every time I read a quote like this is uh, George Washington Carver, the scientist that did so much with peanuts. And he talked about the fact that God was his guiding hand constantly, that that's what he depended on almost solely. Uh, we've done it in the past. It was last year or the year before, uh, and maybe we need to go back and do that. We've done a couple podcasts on scientists in particular, geographers, oceanographers, so many, not even counting the really eminent leaders in arts that leaned on the Bible, that looked to God for direction. Another one, the name completely, oh, Morse, right? Morse code, the telegraph, all that. A huge example. And John Quincy Adams here again is saying, and yeah, it's early in the nation's history, which means that that's what a lot of these people thought, folks. Uh, at the beginning of our nation, but it really plays out throughout. And it, it reminds me of, of FDR or Truman's quote talking about when we've been really great is when we have stayed closest to the principles of Christ as a nation. And when we've really messed up is when we've strayed farthest away. And then the last little quote here, talking about posterity. Yeah. Folks, it's so true today. It has cost so much to so many to keep this liberty and freedom for America primarily, but for other countries and nations around the world, for other peoples. And we're just letting it go. We're letting it slip through our hands. We're just giving it away to people that don't care about it, don't respect it, and don't want it. Certainly not for others. 
but some of them even not for themselves. That's pretty damning, to be honest. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.